Hey, this is Kyle Turner, the lead pastor of Hillsong, Kansas City. Welcome to our podcast. We hope that it inspires you, encourages you, and most importantly, helps you get closer to Jesus. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning, everybody. How are we doing? Good to be in God's house. And those online, can we welcome them? Where are your chains? They're gone. God has set you free. Who the sun sets free is truly free. My heart for you is that you'd experience the fullness of freedom and the goodness of God's grace. And if you came in or you're tuning in and you're feeling a little bit empty, good news. God can fill you to overflow. One word from God can change your life forever. Amen. Hey, can we welcome the plaza as we're linking live? And also, let's welcome those watching from Lansing Correctional Facility, our new, new location. Uh, God's got something great for everybody. You can grab your seats. I'm going to take us back into the series we started in January. We took a couple weeks off to get global vision from Pastor Brian and local vision for what God wants to do right here in Kansas City in the Midwest. Uh, Amazing things in store for us. A year, coming out of a year where we've been in lockdown. How many know God can change everything in a moment? And I do believe this, that he's got something wide open, incredible, prepared for us as a church. New avenues, new opportunities, new places to pioneer. More lives to see changed, set free, and rescued. And I believe the same for you. New avenues, new opportunities, new places of blessing, new places of fullness. God's got something great in store. Amen? So I take us back to our series called Unlock the New Christ in Me. People are into self-development. A lot of people are in self-promotion. The truth is God wants to bring the very best of your life, more of Jesus out. And that's actually his plan to change the world. The more you become like Jesus, the more you see Jesus results, the more you see Jesus breakthrough, the more you walk in Jesus' power, authority, and blessing to the people around you. And you have a high calling, every one of you. Doesn't matter what lowly level you came out of in your family of origin, You've been born again into this family of faith. And every one of us carries on side, inside of us this character of Christ that needs to be developed, needs to be unlocked, needs to unfold, because that's what it takes to bring breakthrough and blessing to the world that we live in. There's more of Jesus in you, and he wants to bring it out to the world around you. Jesus shows us that the greatest can come from the least. Born in Bethlehem, born in the dirt, born and placed in the manger, Jesus overlooked, born to an oppressed people, but he was the king of everything. The greatest can come from the least. Humble beginnings can lead to the highest of places. And I want to speak for a little bit about that. I'd like to speak about this high road of humility. How many are taking the high road has a cost? To forgive someone, to let something go, to overlook someone who maybe did you wrong. That's the high road. But really to get to the high places, it's actually a road marked by serving, not by climbing, but by kneeling, by taking care of others, by loving others, by blessing others, by not thinking of yourself, but thinking about how you yourself can make a difference in the world around you. And God wants to take you to high places, but the way that we get there is actually the road called humility. It's a beautiful road. It's one we're all called to walk. It's one that the world needs, I think, now more than ever. So much of the hostility in our world and maybe in your relationships comes from this thing called pride. And God's got the antidote to pride. It's called serve. It's called looking out for others. Would you join me in prayer? Come on, those online on the plaza. 
and Lansing Correctional. Let's pray that this really would be a word from God deposited into your heart, bringing forth God fruit, fruit of the Spirit in this day and for the days to come. Amen. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your word leading us to become more like Jesus. Lord, we leverage our mind, our hearts, our ears open to hear what you want to say. I've prepared what you've put on my heart, but your heart, Heavenly Father, has a word in season for every heart that is listening. So we lay down all the noise, we tune out all the distractions, and we tune into the voice of heaven that shows us who we are and who we're becoming in Christ. Lord, I thank you. You have promotion for every hearer of the word as we put it to work in this road of humility. Take us to the high places of our calling in Jesus' name. If you believe that, can I get an amen? Amen. You can even give me an amen in the chat. I'm reading and I'm watching where you're watching from, wherever you're at. We are watching you too as well. That's a big brother statement right there. We see you. That's not true. Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. You're going to read this verse tomorrow in the daily Bible reading. Mark chapter 10. Then James and John, these are two brothers, sons of Zebedee. Jesus gave them a nickname. He called them the sons of thunder, which is pretty sweet when Jesus gives you a tag team wrestling nickname, the sons of thunder. James and John come over and spoke to Jesus. Teacher, they said, we want you to do us a favor. Hey, Jesus, do us a good one. Well, what is your request? He asked. They replied, hey, when you sit on your glorious throne, we want to be where you are. We want to sit in places of honor next to you. One on your right and another on your left. I personally, I love the audacity of James and John. I love that they're willing. And the Bible says you have not because you asked not. So they just went ahead and asked. They said, hey, Jesus, when you come into your glory. Now they're thinking their mentality in that moment. They're thinking Jesus is going to kick out the oppression of Rome. Jesus is going to reestablish the throne of David. Jesus is going to lead and rule over Israel. It's going to become a world power like it used to be back in the day. And when that happens, we're going to be right there by our teacher. Ah, one on each side in the place of honor. And so they come to Jesus and say, Jesus, we, we want a promotion. And, and Jesus says, hey, this place that you desire, there's a trial by fire that you're not quite ready for. The cost to get to the high place, uh, it might take you through some low places. And, and then Jesus gives them, it's not really a shortcut to success, but it's a simple step to significance. Jesus says, in order to go up on the high road, you've got to have humility. The pathway for progress or promotion in your life goes through serving. This is the way you move forward in a real life, a life that matters, a life of significance. It only comes through serving other people. So Jesus called them all together. Verse 42, it says, hey, you know how the world works? The the rulers of this world, they lord their power over people. The officials, the influencers, the in crowd, those that have flaunt their authority over those under them. In other words, that's how the world works. How many know that's still how the world around us works? But Jesus says, that's not how my kingdom works. That might work in the here and now, but that's not going to last forever. My kingdom will be established forever. Let me teach you how the kingdom works Because among you, verse 33, he says, it will be different. How many know we're called to be a bit different? We're called to look a little bit different, to love a little bit different, to serve 
not to be served. Among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be a servant. And whoever wants to be first, you must be a slave of everyone else. For Jesus says, this is how I do it. Even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life for the ransom of many. In other words, I'm the king of all, but I didn't come to rule over all with power and authority like man has or world, the world does it. No, it's the opposite. I came from the high place to the low place to serve the low people into their high calling. How many grateful that God's grace once met you in a low place called sin, called stuck, called broken, called defeated, called addicted, called hurt. And then he met you in that place and he served you. He served you on the cross. His grace that you woke up to, this mercy that's new every morning, it served you today and it served you well. It didn't leave you where he found you, but he lifted you to where he's called you. And yet he says, if you want to do it like I do it, if you want to sit with me, go up with me on this high road, the pathway is marked with humility. Last couple of weeks of this series, I, I talked about the power of identity, that Jesus could do all the things God called him to do because he knew who he was. That identity is so key to unlocking who you really are, who you're really called to be. And I think the next step in unlocking, the next just turn of the dial to, to, to set the lock open for your, your new in Christ reality, the fullness of your calling, goes through this path of humility. That when we truly learn to serve like Jesus served, then we will experience a life of significance like Jesus has called us to. So if you feel stuck today, getting out of that a place of, of despair won't come from your own work or desire. It'll come from desiring the things that God has for you, which it requires you to serve the people around you. Hey, I'll tell you this. If you feel lonely today, a lot of loneliness in the world, serve your way through it. And God will take you from the low place of loneliness to the high place of family and community. If you feel insignificant in your life, like your life doesn't matter for much, no, you've been called too much. Christ lives on the inside of you. And the way to unlock that is through this thing called serve. Because when you live your life like Jesus lived, you'll experience the life like Jesus had. When you live your life as a servant, you'll walk in your significance. First Peter 5. Verse six says, humble yourself. You don't need someone else to humble you. Life will humble you real quick if you have pride. It says, go ahead and humble yourself. Choose for yourself. And therefore, you put yourself under God's mighty hand. Anytime you live to serve, you're putting your place and staying in a place where the hand of heaven is on your life. And if you would do that, it says, he will then lift you up in due time. Well, Pastor Kyle, I've been serving. I've been doing my best. I don't feel like I'm moving forward. In fact, I feel like everyone's passing me by. I'll just tell you right now, your time isn't due yet. Whatever God is wanting to do is still taking his time. He's still opening the right doors. He's still preparing the right heart on the inside of you. I believe you'll come to find that the more that you serve, the more energizing that it is. And what used to cost you something in serving is now refreshing you in fulfillment but if you've been serving and haven't seen a God promotion in your life, stay in that place under the hand of heaven. Guess what? It's almost your time. It's almost your time. God is not late in keeping his promises, as some of us understand time. No, he's always right on time. And I think the longer you wait 
And the more you work at letting God perfect you as you live your life in service of other people, the greater the promotion and the higher the road of your calling he's taking you to. See, in the kingdom of God, serving is the first step towards success. Do you want to have success? Because that's really what James and John were asking. How do we get into the place of calling, that high road, that high place? And Jesus says, hey, you've got to learn to take the steps, the steps of serving to get to the high road of humility. Since 2016, every year there's been at minimum 90 deaths of selfie-related accidents. That means on the globe, people who are taking a picture of themselves, getting the right angle, the right viewpoint, they, they have caused an accident that has taken the lives of at least 90 people a year. Just to get the right angle, to make sure their eyes are open. But in doing that, some of them have had their eyes closed for forever because it's caused an accident. Now, in contrast, there have been, on average, the last five years, five people per year who have died by shark attack. How many of you were afraid because the Jaws came out in the 70s, you're still afraid and terrified of the deep blue sea? But you are 18 times more likely to die by selfie than you are by sharky. Because, not, I'm nothing against a good selfie, um, my wife is great at them. She <laughs> corrects mine quite often. But it's just when you're so preoccupied in how you look, how you appear, how you come across, what you're trying to show someone, it, it, it can cost you. Now, the law of averages, it's not probably going to cost you your physical life, but it will call you to your high calling. When you're preoccupied with self, you pull yourself away from the hand of God. And yet it's this heart of a servant that puts you in the right place at the right time for the God thing to become a reality in your life. Proverbs 16 says, pride comes before fall. I like this translation. It says, first pride, then the crash. I got my own version of this. It's KT, passion of the message translation. If you live low now, you'll end on a high. If you climb high now, you're going to end on a low. People that are jockeying for position are actually pulling themselves out of the place of grace where real promotion, God promotion happens. In Proverbs chapter 6, there's a list of the seven things God doesn't like. In fact, it's seven things that God hates. In that list, some pretty intense stuff like murder. How many know that's not a good thing? Murder is not good. Lying's in there. Those that plot to do harm are evil to other people. But you know what the first thing on the list is? It says haughty eyes. Haughty eyes. In other words, a prideful perspective about other people. Where you're looking down at people. Or maybe it's a false humility about yourself. It says haughty eyes. It's first on the list of things that God says that's despicable. Because do you know that pride is the breeding ground of original sin? Pride's roots go all the way back to the Garden of Eden, where, where man thought it could do it as good or better than God's way. So if you learn to serve, if you walk in humility, it's the antithesis of pride or self. You're actually taking steps back to God's original plan and intention for man. 
That's the way that it works. When you're living to serve and to sacrifice and to help other people move forward, you're actually moving yourself forward or back to the place of God's original tent that the garden of your soul will begin to prosper because this is the way that the kingdom works. So humility is that first step back to God's best, God's heart for you. Let me give you some of the self-struggle signs of self. Here's a sign of self in your life. Uh, that you take everything personally. Everything that happens that anybody says or does or any politician proclaims, whatever happens, it's a personal attack on you. You get defensive or deflective as soon as you're challenged or anything or anyone disagrees with your viewpoint. How many know this is running rampant in our world right now? For some of you, it's running rampant on your Facebook feed right now that we are attacking other people because they disagree with our viewpoint. I'm all for standing what is right, but we actually serve people into the kingdom of God. How many of us ever came alive to Jesus through an argument? God actually uses the believers to love and to serve to see the stretching arm of God's grace reach in places he's never been before. And that's what he likes to do through us if you take everything personal. Such a sensitive world. A world where people live to tear down instead of build up. Jesus was unoffendable. That same spirit lives in you. He knew who he was, and he had plenty of do, and he had nothing to prove. In the same way, you don't have to prove things to people, your place or your priority. In fact, the more that you would serve other people, the more God would put you in the place of promotion. Because everyone is trying to distinguish themselves as a success or significant. The dating app, OkCupid. OkCupid. I met Liz far before there were dating apps. Thank God. But they did a survey where they asked many of the people on the app. And one of the questions they asked is, do you consider yourself a genius? Of the men polled... 46% of them said yes. That's over two out of every five. Consider themselves a genius. Mensa would tell us it's more about one out of a thousand people are a genius. And yet these guys wanted approval or their place to be higher than someone else so much that they just declared themselves self-declared geniuses, almost 50% of them. That's probably why they're on OkCupid, because no one wants to be married to a self-proclaimed genius. Second sign of self is when others win, you feel like you lose. When others win, you feel like you lose. You can't stand seeing other people promoted. Something inside of you, it feels unfair. And guess what? Life is unfair, but God's not unfair. Real promotion, the Bible says, doesn't come from the east or the west. It doesn't come from the corner office. It doesn't come from a sales quota that you meet. Real God promotion comes from him. And he's looking for those that place himself under his mighty hand. When you can't celebrate someone else's success, it's a sign of self. There's a sign of pride in that place. The Bible has a Hebrew word for it. It's called haters. <laughs> Don't be one. Romans 12 says, let's do the opposite. We rejoice with those who rejoice. Even if they didn't have to go through the way that you've gone. 
even if it seemed like they got a shortcut to what you wanted, even if they were born into a better family or some, you feel overlooked, we still rejoice with those that rejoice and we also mourn with those that mourn. When the world is broken and sin is running its course all over the planet, we don't look down at them as believers and say, see, that's what you get, the wages of sin or death. As much as that is true, what do we do? Jesus didn't look at the sinners and say, that's what you get. No, he died on the cross and said, this is what I want to give you. Let me serve you even in your sin. That's how we were served. And that's how we should serve as well. You know, I don't often get emails or complaints from people. Well, I, I do get those often. Um, but I never get one about very rarely what we should be doing for somebody else. It's almost always focused on what we didn't do for them. Never my heart to overlook an opportunity to bless or to love or to serve. But if we could get to the point where you're so frustrated that you have to reach out for what you didn't get, please, by all means, email Gabe or Chris or anyone else on the team all of your complaints. Why don't you do it right now, by the way? But very rarely is it about an opportunity that we miss to reach somebody else. It's normally where we miss. And if our heart is never to miss, especially those in the community of faith, we always want to bless and we always want to build up. But just maybe if you didn't think about you getting overlooked and started to be part of the solution, instead of being frustrated or cynical about what didn't happen, you would actually see the significant thing you're desiring become a reality in your world or in your life. The language of pride is complaining and criticizing. The language of humility is gratitude and worship. What are you talking? What are you saying? What are people seeing about your life? Don't be like the culture of the world around you. Unlock this new Christ in you, the culture of Christ on the inside of you, because you're called to carry Christ's authority. Just like James and John, who said they wanted to be on the right hand of the Father. The Bible says that's actually where you're currently seated in the heavenly places. And so if you want Christ's authority, you got to practice his humility. Listen, Hillsong, Kansas City, God blesses humility. And as your pastor, I want to see you walk in God blessing. God wants to bless you in the pathway that he takes us is this high road of humility. Let's have a little quiz for a moment. What's the highest position in the Bible? Biblical hierarchy. Well, okay, God's in the Bible. So God, easy answer. Sunday school answer, just answer Jesus. You're gonna get half of them right. Okay, Old Testament, you got high priest. You got king. You got uh, the judges, those that ruled over Israel. New Testament, what would we say? Uh, we're people that love to put people in places and rank of priority and hierarchy. We would probably say apostle. Would you agree with me? Come on, Bible scholars out there, apostle. They're not just over a church, they're over regions. They're over multiple pastors. They're over multiple leaders. I mean, that's significant. That's authority. That's leadership. That's, they're in a high place. Let's look at how the apostles introduced themselves to other believers and even to us 2,000 years later. Romans 1. Hey, it's me, Paul. Romans 1, verse 1. A servant of Christ Jesus. Called to be an apostle. I've got a calling, but the title I give myself, servant. I'm set apart for the work of the gospel, but I do that as a servant, not as an apostle. Apostle is just what some people call me, what I call myself servant. Philippians 1, Paul, hey, it's me again, and my buddy Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus. First five words out of his mouth are servant. James chapter 1, verse 1. He, he, he could have said, hey, I'm Jesus' brother. I mean, he does say that in another part, but he doesn't start out with that. 
He doesn't say, hey, look, I'm significant because of my sibling. No, this is what James says. James, a servant of God. Second Peter, verse one, chapter one. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ. In a world that loves labels, the most significant leaders and influence on the planet have given themselves the label servant. And whatever anyone else might call you, overlooked or successful, whatever it might be on the full spectrum of promotion, if you would start to label yourself as servant, you'll start seeing new levels of authority and leadership on your life, new opportunities of blessing and God promotion. God's looking for servants to use to change the world. Matthew 23, do you want to stand out? I think the answer should be yes, personally. Jesus says, you are a city on a hill that should not be hidden and cannot be hidden. Of course, the you is plural. It's the church. You should be on display for the world to see the goodness of God, the blessing of God, the light that gives light into the dark places of this world. Do you want to stand out? It says the way to get there, it says, then step down. Be a servant. If you puff yourself up, you'll wind up, you get the wind knocked out of you. But if you're content to simply be yourself, your life will count for plenty. Legendary pastor from London 100 plus years ago, F.B. Meyer, says it this way. I used to think that God's gifts were on shelves one above another. So the taller we grow, the easier we can reach them. Now I have found that God's gifts are on the shelves one beneath another. The lower we stoop, the more we get. If you wonder why you haven't felt the promotion of God in a while, if you wonder why you haven't had some prayers answered, if you wonder why you feel stuck in this season or insignificant, you might need to look no further than your humility and your serve level. Because if you can start living your life, not for what you can get, but what you can give, you will start seeing God opportunities and God promotion tracking you down. The lower you go, the more you get. It is service before status. How many know, anyone here know anyone from Albania? No hands, just I want to note on the plaza, no hands. How many know an, uh, a nun? Who's got a nun in the family? Three nuns, nun nuns, one nun, a couple nuns up here. Um, but we all know Mother Teresa. We all know her life and her legacy. An Albanian nun swore to poverty, not everything he gave himself of a big deal. But world leaders from all over the planet, people that didn't believe like her, didn't look like her, didn't grow up like her, came to learn from her. Why? Because she poured her life out on the streets of India for people everyone else overlooked. And she has a place of honor in people's lives. Why? Because she's a symbol of a life that isn't isn't less than anyone else, but just decided to give her most to the people others counted less. And it's inspiring to us, even in her death today, that your life might not come from much, but it is called to much. And the way that you get on that high road is a pathway called humility. God's looking for servants. How do we get to Jesus's? How do we join Jesus on this high road? A couple of things I think we just need to understand. This one goes part and parcel with the first couple of weeks of this series, it starts in identity. Jesus served everyone because he knew he belonged to the one. He knew that God had got him. So what did it matter what anyone else said about him? He knew that promotion came from God, so he didn't have to self-promote. 
He didn't have to jockey for position because he already had the greatest position of all, a son and an heir of God. Well, guess what? One of our names and labels are son of God, daughter of God. We've been born again into this family. So guess what? We've got nothing to prove to anyone else. And it is from that position of a place where we're already established in heaven. That's why we can help other people. No strings attached. That's why we can serve and give to the world around us because we know who we belong to. We don't have to serve to get approval. We don't have to make a name for ourselves by putting someone else down. No, we can get down on our knees and serve the world around us because we're already established in heaven at the highest of places. You're a child of God. There's not much of a better label. There isn't one you could get than that. Jesus laid his life down. Write this down. Jesus laid down his life to lay hold of his calling. That's why Jesus says you can gain the whole world and lose your soul. You can get ahead and still be behind. You can climb to the top only to find out the real scale was flipped in reverse. And so Jesus chose to lay down his life to grab a hold of his calling. Jesus is te- the Bible teaches that Jesus' position today came from a constant posture of pouring out to other people. Philippians 2. You must have the same attitude as that of Christ, of Christ Jesus had. Though he was God. He did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. And said he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave or a servant and was born as a human being. In other words, he was born just like we are. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God. He even died a criminal's death on the cross. Therefore, because he had a posture, a place of humility, therefore God elevated him to the highest place of honor. And gave him the name above all names. And at that name, every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth. And every tongue declare that Christ Jesus is Lord. All for God's glory to the glory of God the Father. But when he realized who he really was and what he really had, he didn't hold on to it, didn't clamor for it. No, he actually chose to give it away to gain everything that God's heart truly wanted, which was humanity. There is a process to promotion in the kingdom of God. It is called service. And I want to encourage many of you stick to the process or start the process today. You feel stuck in life. You feel insignificant. The way to get there is not to get a promotion from your boss or or to make a name for yourself. The way to get really unstuck is to get over yourself and to get on to serving people. Listen, this is what I want for us as a church. Jesus never missed an opportunity to serve. He never missed a divine opportunity to serve. Many of Jesus' serving moments and miracle moments were were times when he was even trying to get away for himself because he was worn out. And yet in the moment where he was maybe just needing to rest, God revealed a divine interruption. A divine interruption, an opportunity for him to serve. The woman at the well, water to wine, feeding of the 5,000, feeding of the 4,000, healing on the Sabbath, woman with the issue of blood. All of those moments are interruptions and God, uh, Jesus had it in his heart to be willing to be interrupted from his agenda, his plan, even his rest to get the greater reward of leveraging his life, his authority, his power in service to other people. He got really good at recognizing divine interruptions, stopping in the moment and responding. Divine interruptions cannot occur when you're looking through the lens of self-promotion. 
Divine interruptions are often where the miracles manifest. So when we wake up tomorrow, we get real practical. How about later today? I mean, you go to a restaurant. A lot of restaurants have similar food. Mexican restaurant. It's like all the same thing. Different names. Tortilla, cheese, bean, meat. Delicious, by the way. But you can go one place or the other. Maybe the food's a little bit better at one or the other. But if the service is great, I mean, that's the place you're going to keep going. If they overlook you, if they get things wrong, if they don't care, if they don't have any connection. Of course, we know they're doing it for a tip in the moment. But if they just keep messing up, then no wonder, like, you just don't feel valued. I'm going to take my valuable time and money and I'm going to go somewhere else. And this is where the church has been missing it for far too long. We come to church for what we can get. And there's lots of things for you to get. We, we come for the moment, we, whether we like the worship or something else. But the truth is we should be coming here to get enthused and empowered to go serve the world around us. Because there is a world on the brink of there. And it's all, they might be on the brink of destruction. I also think they're right on the brink of destiny. They're on the brink of deliverance. They're on the brink of salvation. They're on the brink of breakthrough. And it's through us the people of God living out the purposes of God that as we serve with hospitality and kindness and care, as we don't self-promote or get grandiose about our God, but we choose to follow Jesus' example and not count where we are as something that really counts, but what really counts is the people all around us that we live our lives in service of. We start welcoming them home to the hospitality of heaven. And they will come, I believe they'll come out especially after the season we've all been through like never before because there's going to be people that care about them. That we learn to serve, find these divine interruptions. Tomorrow, wake up, ask the Holy Spirit to awaken you to divine moments, divine interruptions, opportunities to bless, opportunities to serve, opportunities to speak kindness, eye contact. Put your heart into it every once in a while. Be willing to... Slow down the pace of your life every once in a while to actually minister and care for the world. You're going to start seeing divine interruptions become miraculous manifestations. Then keep growing in your ability to recognize opportunity to serve people right where they're at. I think this high road, high road takes your whole heart. Two parts of that. You need a whole heart. If your heart's fractured or broken, some of you, you do serve and you do give to everyone because you're trying to get healing from what one person said or did or didn't say or do. You're trying to get the blessing of a father that's long gone. You're trying to get the affirmation of a manipulative mother that maybe isn't even in your life and when she was made it miserable. You're trying to heal something that's hurt. This is why you need an encounter with God. You need a family of faith. You need to find freedom in that place because you're missing the identity piece. It doesn't matter where you come from. As great as your family might be, as bad as they might be, you've been born again into a family of faith. And here, as children of God, we have the fullness of God all the time. We get filled with the Holy Spirit, alive to His Word, walking in our destiny, out of our yesterday and into our future. You need to let your heart be healed. And then when your heart is healed, put your whole heart into it. Get over self and on to significance. Galatians chapter 6. Make a careful exploration of who you are and the work you have been given. Well, I'm not getting to do what I really want to do yet. The work you have been given. What have you been given right now? And it says, then sink yourself into that. Whatever that is, 
in your nine to five in raising your kids in leading and serving at church and whatever you have been given the opportunity, sink yourself into that. Don't be impressed with yourself, it says. Don't compare yourself with others. Each of you must take responsibility for doing the creative best that you can with your own life. And every time we get the chance, let us work for the benefit of all, starting with the people closest to us in the community of faith. Matthew 5, verse 5. I'm almost done. God blesses those who are humble. One translation says those that are meek. The meek, for they will inherit the whole earth. Meek shall inherit the earth. You know, our modern definition of meek is really off. It means I'm yielded. I'm tame. I'm timid. That means I'm passive. We might say meek. We would think weak. A pushover. Someone easily controlled, manipulated, outmaneuvered, outranked. That's what we would say meek is. But that is not what Jesus was saying. The word there is the word praus, which is the same word that the Greek warriors would call their horses that were at the highest caliber. They would go out and capture wild horses and they would break them down to build them up into weapons of warfare. And those that would graduate, the ones that couldn't get it, couldn't get the training, couldn't get the discipline, couldn't get in order or under authority, they just became pack animals. Had to carry burdens around for the rest of their life. But those that would listen to their leader were then brought into the opportunity to fight battles of great significance. A better definition is one that can keep its strength, but places it under authority. One who listens to the voice of the one who tamed it. It is strength under control, power under authority, formidable determination in the midst of adversity, the humble willingness to follow the master wherever he says, go. Blessed are those that learn how to serve other people, not thinking less of themselves, but thinking less, less often of themselves, that are willing to do with their own strength, ability, giftedness in their calling, use it to win wars that really matter. There is a war going on in our world and it is not against flesh and blood or political ideologies. It's not even against racial groups. It's it's not against flesh and blood. It's principalities and powers. And God is looking for people that will serve to set others free. People that will humble themselves. He'll place on high. He wants to elevate your life in a place that your family never thought you could go to. That your, your education isn't significant enough. But if you will learn to take what strength you have and place it under Jesus's authority, he gives grace to the humble. He'll raise you to high places and he'll use you and me to change the world around us. Are there any servants of God in the house? If the answer is yes, then there are promotable people that the plan of heaven will work through that God can use to do great things. Why don't we all rise to our feet at both locations? Job 5 verse 11 says he sets on high those who are lowly. It's promotion time for you because it's serving time. It's humility time. It's more of Jesus working through you and it's his plan. 
1963, they found a man that was covered by a mild avalanche. And he's frozen to death. They found him 33 feet beneath the surface. But what they discovered was that he was actually only buried about three feet from the surface. And he dug the wrong way. He was so close to freedom and life, being saved, but he dug the wrong way. Some of you have been climbing and clamoring for attention and approval. Whether it's jockeying for positions at work or just the place of leadership in your family, trying to win and make others lose, trying to tear other people down with your words, trying to cancel out other people's calling, been trying to just fight for the more and approval. And you're digging the wrong way because in the kingdom of God, what is up is down and what's down is up. And Jesus says, it's not that we don't do it the way the world does it. We flip it on its head. It's completely 180 from what the world thinks is reality. This is what heaven calls significant. And today is a day of healthy, loving reckoning for your life. We are not going the way of the world. We, the meek, will inherit all that God has for us as we go the way of Jesus. Let me pray for you, and then we're going to worship for a moment. Father God, I thank you so much that you left the highest of places, Jesus, to come to our lowest of places. We were mired in sin and far from you, and yet you came as a rescuer. You laid down those divine rights as the King of heaven and came were born among us. So God, I thank you. That same spirit of humility is alive in Hillsong, Kansas City. That we're not trying to do it the way the world does it. No, God, we want it the way that you have it. Help us on that high road. Even if it has a high cost, we are willing to pay it because you paid the ultimate cost for us. God, I thank you. You will start opening our eyes to everyday serve opportunities, divine interruptions to bring divine hospitality to the world around us. God, I thank you that we are not weak, but we are meek. And we are ready for the fight that really matters, to fight for the lost, to fight for the broken, to fight for the freedom of humanity all around us. God, if you're looking for some servants, you're going to find them in this house today. God, we are not digging out to our own way. We're not climbing the ladder anymore. We're humbling ourselves under your mighty hand. And therefore, I speak promotion over every servant-hearted leader, over every kingdom influencer. I speak God promotion, God blessing, God's grace over them. I thank you, you're gonna put them on display, not so they can shine, but for the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ to shine through all of us. Jesus, we need that heart of humility. Do a heart transplant in us. We are all yours now and forevermore. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.